welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. Today. It's a very pastoral kind of message. It, um, I've, I've not had an opportunity to address you since the whole stuff in Florida. And I, I want to, um, I'm very concerned about our nation, where our nation is going in. Satan is doing his best to destroy our nation. He couldn't destroy us in war. Hasn't been able to destroy us economically. And so he's, he's, he's taking every opportunity and he's creating opportunities to steal, kill, and destroy America. America has been the greatest missionary nation in the history of mankind. We have given more money to the gospel and to care. You know, anytime there's a disaster around the world, who's the first one there and who gives the most? It's always America. I I don't understand people that talk about America being evil. It it just, I, I don't get that. When you look at all that America has done to provide healing and recovery for the world. There's nowhere else that that's happened. In the history of mankind, there has not been a nation like this nation. The reason is because in all of history, there have only been two nations that were founded directly in covenant with Almighty God. Israel, right? The nation of Israel, we know, was founded based on a covenant with Almighty God. Most people are not aware, unless you sit here very often, and you'll hear me refer to it somewhat regularly, America was founded in covenant directly with Almighty God. Those that were called pilgrims that had fled England because Queen Elizabeth and her son, King James, was murdering those who preached the gospel, they fled England and went to Holland but it, life was, they, they couldn't amalgamate in the Holland well. And, and they believed that God was calling them to the new world to establish a new Israel. Now that's directly out of the uh, journals of William Bradford, who was the leader. God has called us to go found a new Israel. And so when they came on the Mayflower and they established Plymouth Rock before they ever landed on the land on the decks of the Mayflower they made a covenant with Almighty God it's called historically the Mayflower Compact if you've not read it in a while or if you've never read it will you this week Go online and look up the Mayflower Compact and read it. It is a covenant with Almighty God. The Plymouth Colony 
and America was founded in covenant with Almighty God. That's why. That's why we have been the great nation we have been. But Satan hates that and he's trying to destroy it. He's trying to destroy that covenant. He's trying to destroy America. And I am greatly concerned. I'm especially concerned for the young people of this generation. That they, that they, that they know how to deal with this. And, and dear ones, there's only one way. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every born again child of God must rise up and be an instrument for turning this nation back to God. Every person in this room, you have a personal responsibility to pray for and to be a light that turns this nation back to God. People go, oh, well, we're just little Hermiston. What can we do? We're just little Hermiston. I've heard that the all the 11 years I've been here. And I, it makes me angry. Do you realize just sometime, sometime this week, get out a map of the Pacific Northwest, Washington, Oregon, and Idaho, and find Hermiston on that map. You will discover we are literally the hub of the Pacific Northwest. We are the center of the Pacific Northwest. I-84... I-82, 395, 730, 207. They all conjunction where? Hermiston. And when you look on the map, we're the center of the Pacific Northwest. And there has been several prophecies that have come out over the last few years that Hermiston is going to be the fountainhead of the last great revival that's going to sweep the Pacific Northwest. We are it. We're here. We have a responsibility. And we can make it happen. Come on. And that's what our nation needs. Amen? So my message... Let's pray. Father, speak to us today. May your word be spirit. Hallelujah. And may it be life. Father, empower me to speak your word today. May it be like the voice of angels speaking, God. Voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to hearts. God, God, take my being. May it be an instrument in your hand and in the power of your spirit today. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Let's go to the scripture that we have been reading together and studying together. Second uh, Peter chapter 1. Today we're going to read verses 1 through 5. Okay? So, First Peter, or Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1. 1 to 5. Let's read it together. Here we go. You ready? Join me. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us succeeding great and precious promises, that through these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. 
but also for this very reason. Giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Okay? Now, verse 5 goes on and says, And to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. Amen? I think that takes us through verse 7, I think it is. And, but we want to focus today on verse 5. This phrase right here, that, that's right at the end, all right? Giving all diligence, add to your faith. Would you read that with me again? Giving all diligence, add to your faith. Giving all diligence, add to your faith. Now, the, the King James says, beside this, Giving all diligence, add to your faith. As, as, as you saw here on the screen, the new King James says, but also for this very reason. Obviously, the apostle Peter was feeling like he was writing something of significant importance that they needed to give their full attention to. And he said, it's based upon everything I've said so far. Besides all this. Okay. And, and basically what he's saying there in the Greek is, in view of what I've written. Well, what have you written? Well, it's the things that we have studied the first seven weeks in this series. That grace and peace can be multiplied in our life. That we can experience Exponential measures of grace and peace. Pastor Dave talked about that last week. That God has given to us all things that we need for life and godliness. Everything we need to be able to live each day. And everything we need to be a man and woman of God. He has given to us by his mighty power. He's he's made that provision in our life. That... He has given to us succeeding great and precious promises. Wow, exceed, I love that. Exceeding great and precious promises. And these great promises do what? Well, they make us a new creation. That by these great promises, we can become a new creation. He said, whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Not that we become divinity. God doesn't make us little gods. But God lives in us. God comes and lives in us and becomes a new life source in us. And through that life source, we can live as a whole new creation. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, all things are become new, right? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. God wants us to live that as a new creation. But not only do we receive a whole new life, but we escape the corruption that is in the world. Well, how good is that? Now, what's really cool is this isn't just talking about pie in the sky when you die. Okay? Oh, One day I'm going to die and I get out of this old mess. Well, yeah, that is true. And that's something to look forward to. I mean, I'm looking forward to when Jesus comes. And I will tell you, if his will was today, I'm in. 
Okay? Because trust me, there is better than here. Amen? And, and we don't, when you're a new creation, you don't fear death. When you are born again, the power and the authority of death in your life is cut off. And you never die again. You simply exchange living on planet earth to living with Jesus in heaven. And how much better is that? Come on, amen? But it's not just escaping that way. Escaping the corruption that is in the world through lust means that through this new life source, I have the ability to live my life free from the, from the degradation and the shame and the humiliation and the defilement and all the evil that is in this world. I can live above the fray. So can you. You can live above the fray. We don't have to live affected by this world the same way everyone else does. That's, and that's so critical. When, when, when you're looking at how it, it, it seems like American culture is on a bullet train to hell. I mean, it just, it's like, it's like, can it, can it get any more evil? Where it's, it's, are, are we becoming like Genesis chapter six, where every thought of their imagination is only evil continually? How many more ways can you present pornography and nudity? How many more ways can you speak evil? How many more ways can you defile Mankind, How many more ways can you defile your eyes and your ears? How many more ways can you defile your mouth? How, I mean, come on. You know, it's just like, can we just get more evil, more evil, more? Amen? But the child of God who has been born again, we live above that fray because we have a whole new life source. We don't live by that spirit. We live by the Holy Spirit. We live by the power and dynamic of Almighty God in us. We live above that. Come on, give God a praise. Come on, church. Hallelujah. And so he says, he says, well, based on all of that, giving all diligence add to your faith. Giving all diligence. What does that mean? Well, here's, here's, here's the four-part definition of giving all diligence. It means... Eagerly, with a passionate heart, doing your very best with everything within you. So basically what the Apostle Peter's writing is, well, besides all of this, eagerly, with a passionate heart, doing your very best and with everything within you, supply your faith, give resource to your faith. This is where... Way too many of God's kids are messing up right now in American church. They don't even think they're supposed to supply their faith. Well, that comes from God. God gives me faith. Yes, God gives you the measure of faith. And then when you need a supernatural, there is the gift of faith. Holy Spirit will give you in that moment to believe for something beyond anything you could ever believe for. But dear ones, God means for you and I to add to that gift of faith he has given to us. 
There's an illustration for us in scripture of this. Do you remember when Jesus was, was asked to do a miracle? And he, he looks at the guy and he says to him, do you believe? Do you believe I can do this? Do you, do you truly believe I can do this? And the guy gets on his knees before Jesus and he says, Lord, I believe Help my unbelief. We've all been there, haven't we? We've all been there. We've all been there. When we're, 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 we're believing God for something, but the struggle is wrestling that unbelief to the ground so I can believe. Because unbelief is slapping me real hard right now. And I got I to gotta wrestle it to the ground so I can believe. Come on. Come on, we've been there. Ten of us are being honest in this room right now. You do realize you're in church. You're not supposed to lie in church. You knew that, right? No, come on. Come on. Turn to your neighbor and say, that was a joke. He was only kidding. Okay. Someone's going to go out there and go, boy, Pastor Dean was really mean today. No. No, it's, listen, we, we all wrestle with that. Where our unbelief rises up and we're having trouble getting past what we're seeing with our eye and hearing with our ear and feeling in our heart. Because I just don't feel it right now. (laughs) Come on, we've been there. we got to wrestle that stuff to the ground. Folks, that's where you've got to supply your faith. You've got to add resource to your faith. And it's so critical in our life. And, and he says to us, giving all diligence, supply your faith, add resource to your faith. And we're going to talk about this in detail next week. How do I do this? How do I begin adding to my faith? How do I build up my faith? But today we've got to answer this question. What is faith? What is it? The Greek word... In English, we would write it P-I-S-T-I-S, pistis. And what it, what it means is, is to have great confidence. Would you, would you read this with me? To have great confidence. To place full reliance upon. To have complete trust. Okay, that's faith. But the word can also be used speaking about the person to have the quality of being trustworthy, reliable, faithful. Faith. Faith. Faith is placing your total confidence and reliance upon something. Now, those of you that hang around here very often, you've heard me use this illustration many times. You're going to hear me use it many more times because I want it to get into your brain. And it's such an illustration of it. And here it is. Ready? How many of you, when you came in here today, before you sat down, picked up the chair and checked its welds to make sure that chair was going to hold you? Did you check it out? How did you know that chair would hold you? You just trusted. So you just came in and just sat down. Didn't check anything out. You just sat down. You just, you just had complete trust, confidence, and reliance that that chair is going to hold me when I sit on it right now. You just came in and just sat down. Right? That's faith. 
And God is saying, I want you to throw your life upon me so that your total reliance, your total confidence, your total trust is in me. Faith. Well, what's, what's the foundation of that? I mean, I mean, what's the foundation of that kind of faith? The foundation of that kind of faith is God himself. That's, that's the foundation of our faith. Go ahead and go to the next slide for me. It's, it's God himself. Well, before we get there, thank you. I, I forgot to have us look at these scriptures. We got to look at these scriptures. Say to your neighbor, we got to look at these scriptures. Come on. Here we go. Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to look at this from three different translations. Because this gives us a further definition of faith. Would you read it with me? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. That's the old King Jimmy. The new King Jimmy. And the modern English version. Look at the NIV version. So I'll read it together. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for. And assurance about what we do not see. Oh, oh, getting a little better understanding. But this next one is really, really good. Watch this. Here we go. The Amplified. Now, faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things we hope for, divinely guaranteed. And the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Yes. I, I love the way Dr. Paul Youngy Cho wrote about it in his book, The Fourth Dimension. That faith is being pregnant with something that you cannot see, but you know it is reality. It is so real and you, it is alive in you. Just as when a woman's carrying a baby. Can't see it. Well, after a while, you can see it growing. Right? And that's the same with faith. When you are believing God for something, it will start growing inside of you and it will become reality. And people will see it in you. You are believing it. Wow, it's amazing. It is trusting that God, who cannot be seen with the eye, he is real. And I can trust his promises. And I'm going to throw my total confidence and reliance upon him. Even though I can't see it. Even though I can't touch it. I'm throwing myself on him. Amen? Amen? Faith. Faith, go back for me just one slide. I'm sorry. Yep, right there. God himself. God himself. I want to I talk about God himself. And the reason I'm using a flame to represent God is because our God is a consuming fire. And he wants to consume our life with his presence. We... It says in Hebrews chapter 6, what what Pastor Dave read today. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For they that come to him must believe that he is. 
and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith starts there. That I learn God's character and his nature and I trust him that he is exactly who he says he is. That God is all powerful. God is all powerful. God is all powerful. There is nothing beyond him. There is nothing that is beyond his ability, his strength, his power to intervene. Nothing. There is nothing too great for God. I I don't know, Pastor Dean. I don't know. Doctor says I have stage four cancer. I don't know. Okay, that's what the doctor said. But what does God say? What is God intervening? What What is God speaking to your heart right now? Well, I can't hear God. That's that's where faith comes in. I'm trusting his mighty power. I'm trusting that almighty God is not only all powerful. He's all knowing. He knows the end from the beginning. There's never a day that God wakes up and he's confused. He knows everything. He's got it figured out. I just can't figure this out, Pastor. I don't, I don't know what to do. I just can't figure this out. What is God saying to you? Well, I don't know. I can't hear God right now. Get in his word. Get in his word. Let his word speak to you. Everything you need to know about life is in the Holy Scripture. Amen. And he will reveal it to you. He will open your understanding to it. That's why it says, James, when he was writing, he said, there's... Does anyone lack wisdom? Let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. And he will not play games with you. I like how one translation says it. It says it that way. Old King Jimmy says, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. That's the old King Jimmy. But not very many people today know what it means to be upbraided. In fact, that word's taken a turn and a change. It has a different connotation in our generation. To upbraid somebody is like to rebuke them. Right? But literally, and it won't play games. He won't play games with you. What do you need? God knows everything. He's all-knowing. And he's all-present. There's never a day that God's not present in your life. He will never abandon you. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere at the same time. He is with us right now in this room. I want you to know he's also over with our team over in Croatia. I want you to know he's with folks in Asia. He's in Australia and New Zealand. I want you to know that he's in Georgia. I think God goes to Georgia sometimes. No, just kidding. <laughs> If you're listening in Georgia, I just was kidding, just teasing. Okay. (laughs) He's everywhere. Come on, amen? Now, what that is not is that is not pantheism. God's not in the trees. He's not in the rocks. He's not in the cow. He's not in the eagle. He's not in the grizzly bear. Okay, no, no, no. That's, That's not God. He is present everywhere. He's not necessarily in everything. Come on. He does dwell 
in humans who invite him in and will serve him and love him. He will live in your heart and life. God is ever present. And there's never a day he abandons you. I love this passage in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, when it says, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. He's there. He's there. He's present. And it's not like deism. Deism says, well, yes, God created the heavens and the earth. And then he left it to man. And so now he just kind of left us on our own and we're down here. He's the creator, but we're down here and we're just trying to figure it out and, and, and mull our way through it and get it figured out. I think there are many Christians that think that's the way it is. Well, you know, after all, you know, God helps those who help themselves. Show me that in scripture, would you please? By the way, it's not in there. You're going to spend a lifetime trying to find it. It's not in there. God did not say that. God did say he will help those who put their trust in him. See, God is not an absentee God. He is ever present. But here's what happens. People go, well, he didn't help me. God wasn't there for me. God didn't answer my prayers. And, and what they're beginning to do is they're taking this God is always present and they're painting over that with their human experience. And so they're, they're allowing their human experience to distort the image of Almighty God. Distort his character. Distort his nature. Their human experience is distorting. But our human experience does not determine God. God never changes. I'm the Lord God. I change not, he said. And so God's presence will never abandon you. God's love will never diminish in your life. You you can't make God's love diminish in your life. I'm going to say something here that is astonishing, but it's absolutely true. You cannot get so evil that God will stop loving you. He may have to bring judgment on you. But he will love you through the whole thing. God loved King Saul. But King Saul's behavior changed the way God could respond to him. God loved Adam and Eve. But but their behavior changed the way God could respond to him. Didn't change his presence, didn't change his love. It just changed the way he could respond to him. We're going to get into that in more detail next week when we talk about building your faith. See, God doesn't change. The human experience changes and is variable. But God is not variable. God does not change. He does not abandon you. He does not stop loving you based on your human experience. But too often we allow our human experience to paint our image of God. 
Have, have you noticed none of us get to be born into a perfect home? Anybody here saw that? Now, maybe you were one of those really blessed ones and you were born into a Christian family. Then that's awesome. My kids were born into a Christian family. Wanda and I were not. But our kids were born into a really Christian family, a godly home. We raised them to love God with all their heart, all their soul, all their mind, all their strength. And they didn't have perfect parents. Okay. I remember Wanda, Wanda telling me she was in the grocery store one day and this, this lady discovered that she was my wife. Your pastor Dean's wife. Oh, that must be amazing. That must be so heavenly. It must be so heavenly. You know. Wanda was gracious to her. <clears throat> Didn't tell her the truth. Are you kidding me? I'm married to F. Dean Hackett Jr. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Our kids didn't, and, and because, see, the best we could be was flawed as parents. No matter how hard we tried, the best we could be is flawed as parents. And have you noticed if you have four kids, you have four kids experiencing your home completely different ways? Four different ways. Four kids experiencing your home. Four different ways. It's amazing. Talk to adult kids. Get them all together and have them start talking. One kid will go, oh man, it was so tough. Oh man, my dad was so mean. Oh, he was... And other two kids are looking at them and going, who is he talking about? (laughs) We didn't... didn't, It wasn't like that for us. It's because each kid experiences it according... To their emotions, their gift mix. They hear things different. It's amazing how you can have four sets of ears in the room. It's like right now. I'm speaking to 120 people. 120 sets of ears. 120 different things being heard. It's scary. I'm telling you, it's scary. It's amazing the things I've had come back to me. Well, Pastor Dean said, da, 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 da. I did? <laughs> I don't remember that. I went back to the recording. No, I didn't. But their ears heard it. Come on. And so what happens? Kids get offended. Kids get hurt. Kids, kids become resentful. Come on. Come on. I'm talking about in a Christian home. Now, take that and put that inside a home where, where God is not present. Now you've got kids growing up in alcoholic homes, narcotic homes, homes where dad comes home drunk and beats the thunder out of mom and, and, and just whatever, right? They, they have these experiences. And so now they get very, very broken. And in that very, very brokenness, they go, where's God? I couldn't feel God. God doesn't love me. If God loved me, how come I had to be raised that way? teenager they're out on a date they've been a dream for that date they they've waited long because they was always hoping that boy would invite them what they didn't know was that boy thinks it's his right to get sex with every girl they go through the trauma of that mess where's god god abandoned me Why did God let that happen to me? 
Can you see how human experience begins painting the image of God? Because they don't, they don't understand that God's absolute presence does not guarantee what the human experience will be. Because we live in a fallen world. That's why the words of Jesus in John chapter 16 verse 33. He said these things I've spoken unto you that my peace might remain with you. In this world you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. See he didn't promise us that we would have a tribulation free life. No because we live in a fallen world. Planet earth is under the power and authority of the rulers of the darkness of this world. And so whether we like to believe it or not, there are very real evil people on planet earth. Wrote a blog about this this last week. Standing inside the gate of Auschwitz. Arbeit macht frei. Work makes free. Oh, no, it didn't. No. I'd been in the cell chamber where Father Kolbe, who exchanged his life for another man so another man wouldn't go to the death chamber. Saw the piles of hair, suitcases. Pictures of the doctors doing experiments on human bodies. Walking the path to the showers. They thought they were going to go take a shower. What they got was gassed. Then the ovens where they put their bodies burned them. They said, how how can one human being do this to another human being? How? Last summer. Actually, two summers ago now. Wanda and Pastor Dave and Pastor Tiffany, we we did a tour of a plantation in Tennessee. The manor house was amazing. Gorgeous furniture from the late 17th, early 18th century. It's beautiful. But also on that same property was a shack. In that shack, there were no amenities. There was no comfort. But it was the home of people who had to live there because their skin was black. That's the only reason. Skin was black. How can can one human being do that to another? I I don't know. What's the level of evil that makes a man take a gun and go into a church and shoot and kill people to go into a school and shoot and kill people I, I don't, I don't, that's a level of evil that boggles the brain but you see it's also a level of evil when one person demeans another person because they're Hispanic because they're African because they're Asian because they're from the Ukraine because they speak a different language and, and we, we, just because that's who they are and we, and we demean them that's evil that's evil 
It's evil to think that because you made a marriage covenant, now you have a right to treat her any way you want to. No, sir, that's not. The marriage covenant does not give you the right to say, I'm the man of this house and you will do what I say and you, will, and you demean her. No, that's not right. That's not God. But can I say to you, dear ones, there is real evil and there's sin in this world. And because there's real evil and there's sin in this world, we will go through tribulation. But God's promise is, you will never go through that tribulation. But what my presence is there and my love is always for you. And I always have your best at my heart. See, that's what King David wrote in Psalm 37, 25, when he said, you know what? I was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his offspring, offspring begging bread. See, never, never, never. Where was God When that was happening to me, Dean, he was holding you. I couldn't feel him. Of course not. Your emotions were traumatized. You couldn't feel him. But I I can't see God in that. Of of course you can't see him. What you don't understand, dear one, is is he's he's been carrying you for some time now. He's, He's been carrying you. Well, why isn't he answering my prayers? Many times we as humans ask prayers that if God answered them the way we want them answered, it would be even worse for us than it is now. And and we we don't get it because we're looking at it because we can't see the end from the beginning. He's answering prayer based on the end from the beginning and based on what he knows is your very best. See, he has your very best at his heart. The problem is, is your human experience has painted and distorted the image of the God who loves you. And what faith does is faith removes all of that painting of human experience. And faith sees the true character and nature of God and trusts him even when it's not making sense to my human mind and my human emotions. Amen. In, fact, in fact, many times it will seem like it's absolutely wrong. I mean, this, this, this just should, and, it, and it is. Because sin happens. It's wrong. It's wrong for a man or a woman to be molested, to be raped. It's wrong for someone to sell you a car based on certain promises. And that car is it's anything but what they said, right? Okay, it's, it's wrong for someone to say that they're going to make a covenant with you for a lifetime. And then somewhere down the road say, well, I got a prettier one. I got a younger one. Well, I, I don't love you anymore. And, 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 and they abandon and they break that covenant and it crushes your spirit. Where's God. God is right there with you. You can't feel him. You can't see him. But he's there. He's there, child. He's there, sis. He's there, brother. At no point does he abandon you. 
But I, I know, I understand. I can't know how you're feeling. I, I can't know because I've not, I've not been there. But I know my God. And I know his promises are absolutely certain. I can tell you, walking through what I've walked through in my life, he's never one time left me on my own. He's been there. And that's his promise. And we know that all things work together for good to them who are the call. To them who love them, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And we know that all things work together for good. To those who love him, to them who are called according to his purpose. God will take even this. And somehow, in some way, he will bring good to you out of it. Doesn't mean what happened to you is good. Does it mean that what happened to you is okay? It doesn't mean that God even approves what happened to you. But what it does mean is Almighty God is Almighty God. And this is where faith is released. You are God. And I can't feel you right now, but you're with me. And I know you're going to bring good. Because that's who you are. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Listen, in whom is what? No variable nor turning. It didn't change. He's God. We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at